Welcome to the Kinky Cast, a sexually explicit podcast for adults. You are listening to a weekly publication produced every Friday morning. The Kinky Cast is heard in over 150 countries. This is our weekly exploration in the kinky world of BDSM and alternative relationships. Today, we present episode 287, Miss J, Fireplay Extraordinaire. Don't forget to stop by our webpage for information about this show and others. KinkyCast.com. Here's your host, Woody. Thanks, Max, and welcome to another edition of the Kinky Cast. On the line with me is Ms. J in lovely Merced, California. How are you? I'm doing great. How about yourself? I am so good tonight because we're going to talk about one of my favorite things. Yes. Fire. Fire. Ah, yes. So you (laughs) make the uh, tour around the country talking about fire. I do. That is cool. Hot, hot. I guess it's hot. Hot, yes. Yes. (laughs) All of the bad fire puns. I'm, I love them. The, the reason you're here is one of our listeners wrote me and said, you got to get Ms. J on the show because she's awesome. Oh, okay. right. And I didn't know why she was awesome. So that's when we, we started talking and, and found out that you have interests that are very similar to mine. Yes. And so now I am titillated. Excellent. So tell me a little bit about what you teach in fire. I teach a variety of different fire classes. Uh, The first class that I was teaching, I kind of started off very much with friends at parties. They kind of saw me doing some fire and said, hey, you know, can you show me a little something? And I would show them how to do things. And um, I very much loved small group interactions with friends. It was, hey, let me show you and made me quite happy that they were interested in something that I liked so much. So I started off very much with a fire 101, which basically consists of fire safety, things to put in your kit, safety for you, your bottom, and very much your venue because fire is one of those things that seems to be an absolute pleasure to be able to do at some of the events. But there are a number of events, especially I'm finding out here in California, that don't allow fire at their events. So I teach a fire 101. I teach a fire 201. In the 201 class, I teach how to play with moose, um, fire glove, fireballs, love playing with fireballs, um, flash cotton, and um, fire butane bubbles, which are all kinds of fun. When people see that, that one seems to be very new to them. So I'll have a lot of people kind of asking questions about that. Some of the other things they've already seen before, but the fire bubbles is one of those things that seems to be new to quite everybody. Um, I also teach fire cupping, devil's fire, or a lot of people call it cell popping. I teach fire flogging. In fact, I'm going to be teaching that uh, coming up here in Fresno soon um, for an event that is going on in Fresno. So sort of most things fire related, I've either done it or I'm currently teaching it. Rewind just one section there to, sure. what did you call it, popping? Um, cell popping cell or popping. I, I've heard the term, but I don't know what it is. Devil's fire. I like to call it devil's fire. What you're doing is you're taking a propane tank and you're heating up 
a, usually it's a dissection tool, a little metal dissection tool. You heat it up until it's red hot and then you touch the person's skin. Basically, you're doing a very small but very intense burn on them. And when you do it, you can actually hear a little pop because basically what's happening is it's forming a small blister that is immediately popping. So you can kind of hear it and you can do patterns on somebody's skin. I tell most people that, you know, if you want to have this done and it's not just going to be done randomly, if you want a pattern on your skin, either put it in a place that you can hide and particularly do a pattern that you're going to like because it can cause permanent scarring with the person that you're doing it to. That is good advice because yeah. some people might uh, just put it in a very publicly viewable place and have a problem later. Right, right. And that's kind of why, particularly if you're doing a pattern, draw it out first to put it on them so you know where it's going to be. And you want to kind of pay attention to when you're doing it instead of doing something freehand. I'm not great at freehand, so I will do a pattern put it on them and then follow the pattern when I make it because I've had a number of friends who want permanent scarring and kind of will do everything in their um, within their grasp to make it permanent. They'll scrub it off. They will sort of pick at it. They'll do the let me slap on it to irritate it and sort of you kind of run that line between it's infected versus I'm trying to get it to scar. So scarification the hard way. In that yes, case. it is. Scarification with fire instead of scalpels. So I guess you uh, have thrown a fire flogger or two. I have. It always amazes me how you get the, the correct amount of fuel on a flogger so that you're not uh, spraying flames when you throw it. I also do some fire spinning, fire poi, and it's kind of one of those things, again, where you're sort of riding that line between I have just enough and, and not too much. Particularly when I teach my Fire 101 class, I have everybody in class kind of follow a mantra. It's called dip, squeeze, wet, dry, light. And basically what that is, is you're dipping the wand into the fuel. You squeeze it out just enough so it's not still dripping, but yet you still have a decent amount. And I call it the baby bear amount. You know, it's not too much. It's not too little. Um, wet dry is for my hand that is not holding the wand. So I get the alcohol off of that hand and then light it. And fire flogging, I kind of do the same thing. I soak my fire flogger in the alcohol. I will then squeeze it out um, so it is not dripping. Obviously, I'm going to wipe off my hand so that particularly the hand that I'm going to swipe if my transfer onto my bottom is too much. I don't want to have extra alcohol on my hand and I'll dry that off and then I'll light it. And then particularly with the fire flogger, oftentimes what I'm going to do is I'm going to swing it back and forth a little bit to kind of see if there's any cast off that's lit and then take it for a little short spin before I go to fireflog my bottom. You, know, you want to spin it kind of away from them a little bit to particularly check for, am I throwing excess fuel off that's lit? 
Uh, as long as you don't have that going on, if you see something like that happening, you just sort of back away from your person. You swing the fire flogger a little bit more to basically burn up the alcohol and then do that little soft swing again and then a little bit harder. And when you're satisfied that it's not throwing off extra lit fuel, that's when you can move into fire flog your bottom. So I guess if you uh, intensely swing it, you're going to really draw whatever's in it out. Yeah, the centrifugal force will pull it out. Um, again, I was talking about doing fire poi. They kind of do the same thing. They, they have a spin-off uh, spin area where you get rid of your excess fuel and then you light up. And then what you want to do is spin it to make sure that you're not doing that. Because you can transfer some of the alcohol onto your bottom, but you don't want a huge area of alcohol or an excess amount of alcohol to end up on your bottom because you can only leave it lit for a couple of seconds until it's going to be too much. And particularly when you talk about burns, it's a time intensity in the area that's going to cause a burn. The larger the area, the hotter it is, um, you're going to deal with some pretty intense burns. Not to mention getting it in the hair. Well, <laughs> don't do the hair because yeah. the hair is one of the things. <laughs> it is also flammable. It's very flammable. So I have a, a Nomex hood that I give to my bottoms um, whenever I'm fire flogging them to oh, put on. you are uh, good. Wow. Uh, you kind of have to be. It's, I, I, I keep saying that if... I burn somebody, there's a good possibility that they'll still come back and play with me later. But if I'm going to burn off their hair, they definitely won't. Hair is identity for so many people. They're so picky that way. It's, uh, right? Yeah. I got a bad haircut. Now it looks bad. Or, hey, my color's a little bit off. Or, or I got the right color and the right haircut. And now I feel wonderful. And if you take that same person and then burn their hair off, mm, they're not coming back to play with me. And probably not. Yeah, not saying good things anymore. There's no good things. And they're telling their friends, yeah, you don't want to play with her because mm, look what she did. Yeah, well, uh, I have seen fire scenes that have gone not to the hair, but to the back on fire. Right. And to the point where they weren't paying enough attention. Mm. And it's especially bad when the person that is doing the topping is not paying attention that you are on fire. Yeah. That is one of the things. Um, I, by nature, am a bit of an introvert. And typically when I play with fire, my preference is that I face the wall. And so I don't see who's watching. I'm not distracted. Um, besides being a bit of an introvert, I, I the completely self-diagnosed ADD girl. So when I see too many people kind of coming by, it sort of distracts me a bit. And to calm my own brain, I basically try to turn the table around to the wall so that when I'm playing with fire, what I'm looking at is just my bottom and the wall itself. I can't really see the other people around. Plus, it helps me focus. I think sometimes, not not all fire players, but you have sort of that subset of I'm not really here to make that connection with my bottom. I'm here to impress the audience and I'm the star and look at me, I'm playing with fire. And I think what tends to happen is they're looking at, quote, the audience reaction 
rather than, hey, where's my fire going? Do I have too much alcohol? You know, is it sliding down the other side where I can't see? And not really paying attention to that connection with the fire and with their bottoms. When you gave the sequence uh, about uh, dipping, squeezing, you know, dry, light, all that sort of stuff, that is so important to get that sequence exactly right. There is Mm -hmm. no variant on that. No. And part of the reason I use that in my class, and I actually ask everyone in class to say it with me every time I do it, because basically what happens is you kind of build up that muscle memory. And the more you do it, particularly when you're first starting out, say it out loud because then it kind of keeps you honest. And if you have to put a card, you know, down next to your fire in order to have that sequence, because it is, you know, you get your your wand wet, it's dripping. So you don't want it to be dripping once it's lit. And once it's on your bottom, because you're going to transfer way too much alcohol. So you squeeze it out. And for me, I'm right handed. So I have my wand in my right hand, I squeeze with my left hand. Now that I've squeezed that out, my left hand is completely full of alcohol. And then I'll use my wet towel to get rid of the alcohol. The alcohol, um, when you talk about percentages of alcohol, when you talk about 70%, it's 70% alcohol, 30% water. So basically what you're doing is you're diluting the water when, with your wet towel. And the reason I dry my hand is because when I swipe um, and I'm touching my bottom, if I have a dry hand, it is easier to come across their skin with a dry hand. So dip, squeeze, wet, dry with my left hand, and then light. And once my torch is lit, then I can turn around and start doing fire on my bottom. So during my classes, I will have everybody in class repeating with me as I do it. Dip, squeeze, wet, dry, light. Very important stuff. Yeah. So so let's rewind your kinky life here. And how did you get into fire? I have been a very long time fire girl, girl scout. Um, I'm, I'm one of those kids that we lived out in the suburbs. And when I was growing up, we would go do a lot of camping. And my family was, my dad was in Boy Scouts. My brothers were in Boy Scouts. I'm the only girl. So, you know, still a tomboy at heart. Um And it very much was the, I want to play with the fire and I want to find a stick and I'm going to shove it in the campfire and then I'm going to run around with it lit and, you know, poke at the fire and build campfires. So for me, there's always been that fascination with fire. And then I kind of learned about fire poi and fire spinning. And then when I started going to kinky conventions, I saw that there was uh, one of the classes listed that talked about fire play. And, you know, you put fire in front of anything. I'm like, okay, I'm going to be there. I'm getting there early. I'm sitting front row, front and center. And so I had gone to my first fire class and I was immediately intrigued and fascinated, absolutely fascinated with it. And the idea that I can actually put fire on somebody and they're not immediately getting blisters. I mean, that's the big thing. I think most people, when you talk about fire, it's, oh, I'm going to get burnt. I'm going to have blisters. I'm going to have horrible scarring from this. And that's not what happens. And that's 
for the most part, for me, it's very sensual, a very tactile type of play. Um, I kind of call myself a bit of a connection junkie with my bottoms. And uh, my personality that comes out most of the time when I play with fire, I call her Mama J. She's a very soft and nurturing type of a person. And I think that's the exact opposite that most people expect when you do fire. When you do fire, I think most people believe, holy shit, I'm ending up with blisters. You could also end up with somebody that doesn't know what they're doing and get blisters. Absolutely. Absolutely, you can. One of the things that I, even though I teach and it's sort of centered on tops, I enjoy the fact when bottoms come to class because then they can see. I don't talk about fire in terms of it's absolutely safe because we're playing with fire. There's so many things that can go wrong, particularly when you're brand new. And I like when bottoms come to class because then they can see what's happening. Um, particularly when I go through the dip, squeeze, wet, dry, light mantra. If I'm a fire bottom and I want to play with somebody, one of the things that I think that they should be doing is looking at the fire top that you want to play with. And if the fire bottoms come to class and see, here's some of the, I call them the safer way to do things because we're never going to be 100% safe. Um, here's the safer and better ways of doing things. And so if a bottom comes to class and, and we talk about, you know, is your, uh, does your torch have way too much alcohol in it? Is it actually dripping fire? And if I'm a fire bottom and I see a fire top doing that, I go, hmm, maybe I don't want to play with you. And they can make those decisions. And I think the more informed and educated some of our bottoms are, then you can kind of have those discussions about safety. And they can make some of those decisions for themselves as to who they want to play with, not, oh, hey, you're a big name person. You know, they can see what that top is doing, how they play, how they interact with their bottom, what precautions are they taking before they actually do a fire scene. I was at an event and a woman asked me to fire safety for her and she was bringing out sort of all of safety things and I was very excited about it. I'm like, okay, she gets it. And once she started playing, it was evident that she kind of didn't. And she had a lot of transfer and she started with uh, her bottom, who was brand new to fire and was just sort of like, okay, we got to back her up and kind of step her through a things that kind of make her playing with that particular bottom a little bit safer. You know, everything you're saying is applicable to all kinks. Yeah. Bottoms go to classes, whether it's flogging, single tail, blood play, whatever it is. And look around the room at the tops, and if they're paying attention and they seem to really get it, if, yeah. they're, if they're reciting the mantra. <laughs> right. Uh, these can protect you and maybe save your life. Yeah, absolutely. They can. That's why I do like to see anybody who's going to bottom. And, you know, the other thing, particularly with if you have sort of the master-slave relationship or even a dominant-submissive relationship – 
if some of the slaves or submissives learn fire play. I had one particular friend uh, that does, um, she does massage and Reiki, and she wanted to learn fire play because um, her master has lots of aches and pains. And what she wanted to do is incorporate the fire play to sort of get him warm and relaxed and then incorporate her own Reiki and massage on him with the fire play. And, you know, I don't necessarily think that it's just the tops that need to do, you know, who can learn fire, you know, your submissive or your slave can learn it too. And, you know, how nice would it be to come home, have a little bit of nice warm fire play, a little bit of massage, and then, okay, it's time for bed. And now I'm nice and relaxed and I'm going to go to sleep really quickly. I would love that. And you could have less hair at the same exactly. time. Yeah. <laughs> fire play is... In a trusted environment, it can be a very warming, wonderful thing. One of my play partners is all about it, and she will just lay there, whether it's fire cups or whatever. Yes. Um, she will just completely melt, literally. Yes, a little puddle. Yeah. It's, it's nice to see somebody who can relax that much to say, yeah, go ahead, and I trust you to do this, and I love it. And I have one of my other submissives standing there with a fire extinguisher. <laughs> but fire extinguishers are only for things, not for people. Can I suggest a wet towel in a bucket? CO2. There. Ah, oh, well, still, yes, but no. I get it. I get it. If things were to go horribly wrong and I were to get the mantra backwards, mm -hmm. you know, I, I, I need somebody with a standby. And yes, there was a wet towel also. Yeah. Because we yeah, learned it's that. Always nice. When the same person was up with a different uh, fire top and got a burn. Ah, uh, hopefully it wasn't too bad. Uh, it was pretty ugly for a while. Hmm. Yeah. Somebody that that submissive no longer playing with, I take it. Uh, you got that right. Mm-hmm. Uh, to the point where uh, there was uh, a year plus gap in there before we did the uh, fire cupping scene. Oh, yeah. There's a bit of trauma that's going on there then. Mm -hmm. Not just physical. Well, it, it becomes a trust thing. Absolutely, it does. I tell you, for me, when I play with my bottoms, I'm always impressed with them. I never take their trust for granted whatsoever. It's, to me, it's a big deal. It is where somebody is willingly saying, yes, you can put fire on my body. I trust you to do that. And to me, that is trust that I never, ever take lightly. And very wise advice. Mm -hmm. You were talking about you were, have been a firebug since you were a kid. Um, yes. How did you discover the kink? I first got involved in kink. Um, I was visiting a friend out in Portland, and we had been gone for the weekend. We came back, and her neighbor was the one that was taking care of her pets. And she had to go to work. I was staying at her house. And I went down to the neighbor guy who I've dubbed Portland boy to go get the keys and Portland boy and I hit it off. I was single at the time. We were very flirty back and forth. He invited me to lunch. We hit it off really well. There was one night where my friend and I and he, we may have had a few too many margaritas. And for some reason, don't ask me how, I ended up with a wooden spoon in my hand and said, somebody needs to beat your ass because he was a smart ass. 
he suddenly now thinks I'm kinky. So he takes me out to lunch again and starts talking me about kink. And I am clueless about what he's talking about. I have no idea. And I came back at the time I was living in Wisconsin. I came back to Wisconsin and we had, uh, we had been talking back and forth via the old Yahoo chat rooms and, you know, kind of introduced me to kink, sent me a book, which was actually for me a very smart move, sending me a book that kind of explained what kink was and sort of the, here's some of the things and here's how each bottom kind of interprets it and, and normalized it very much. May I ask what book? It was Claudia Varen and it was... Oh, goodness. I've, I loaned it out to somebody that book didn't come back. And I want to say it's The Art of Sensual Female Domination. Um, I don't remember the exact title. But that reading through that book helped me a lot to sort of normalize a lot of the kink because I... I didn't know about kink. I, you know, was one of those people who thought, oh my gosh, this is not me. And kind of once I figured a few things out and read through that book and, and, you know, I'd gone out to visit that particular gentleman a couple of times, got involved in my own community via the Yahoo chat rooms and ended up going to um, one of the munches and met some really lovely people who very much took me under their wing and answered every question under the sun that I had for them. So now I've been in this mm, 16 years or so and very much enjoying it, very much doing things that I never thought I would be doing before and quite enjoying it. Always a top? Uh, pretty much. I've tried to bottom, but I pretty much suck as a bottom. Although I'm a great bottom for massage. Um, yes, yes. A, a, a little yeah, bit I, of I will bottom for massage. Flogging. Yes, there you go. I will bottom for massage. Yes, sirree. Yeah. Um, yeah, pretty much always a top. Kind of tried the bottoming thing, and I just I don't like pain. Um, for me, those sensations, I like the sensual sort of soft, gentle things. I would bottom to fire, but as as a top, I like to hurt people. <laughs> uh, I very much like to hurt people and my but I also like to kind of mix it up and and give them sort of a little bit of a mind fuck where, okay, now I'm going to be really nice and soft and let me kiss your fingertips and then as I'm kissing each of your fingertips, I'm going to put your finger in my mouth and then I'm going to bite down on your nail beds. <laughs> you are so bad. I love it. Uh, <laughs> all of this sort of messed up little things like, you know, and you, you can look as though you're sort of massaging the back of somebody's neck and yet get a very big mitt full of hair and grab onto it. And then very quietly whisper in the, their ear, I'm a fuck you up. But as long as you're whispering and you look like you're massaging the back of their neck, it looks all very sweet and sensual and kind, but it's not. I love it. Absolutely. The mind fuck is probably the best thing in the whole world. 
Yes, definitely. I very much kind of like to mix up that soft and sensual with just rough body pressure points, just the messed up stuff that you can do and pinching and biting and yeah. Okay, I'm turned on. I'm good. <laughs> uh, I, I went there. Mm. Did you know? Yeah. I need to go find a submissive immediately. Uh huh. <laughs> you know, when you're really good at the hair pulling, even short hair you can pull. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's even more meaningful because you really got them by the short hairs. Oh, you do. Yeah. Absolutely. And particularly when you when you play with somebody's hair and then you have a handful of hair, wherever your hand goes, their head is going to follow. They really, and the body kind of follows after that. They don't really have, like they can't get away. And if you want to turn them around or put them on the ground, that's all you need to do is once you got a mitt full of, a good mitt full of hair, mm-hmm. take them there. Yep. And they go without question. Oh, yeah, that's true. Ms. J, it has been absolutely a wonderful half hour of of everything from uh, really solid technique to a really good tease. Mm -hmm. Woody, I've enjoyed talking to you. And uh, we will have to uh, do this again with um, some more possibilities just to make our audience wet. Absolutely. I would (laughs) love to. (laughs) Okay. Talk to you soon. All right. Take care. You have been listening to episode 287 of the Kinky Cast. For more information about this show, go to kinkycast.com. Views expressed are not representative of the management of the Kinky Cast. We welcome guests with opposing viewpoints. The Kinky Cast is a production of Rooster in the Round. On behalf of all our Kinky crew, I'm Max. Join us next week when we present Age Play and Obstacles by Audi. Thank you.